All right, I want you to notice in verse 15 of Proverbs 29, it says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. I wanted to preach a message for the moms today on Mother's Day, and I want to preach a message on overcoming mommy shaming. And that's a phrase I've heard. I know my wife's talked about mommy shaming on Gently Led Sisters. I didn't watch that particular episode. But, um, you know, we've talked about these things. And, you know, being married to a mother, uh, I know a little bit about what moms deal with and what they go through. And so I wanted to give some things to kind of help you with that. Because, you know, how many moms before, you don't have to raise your hand, but you've ever been felt a little maybe ashamed. You know, you had a failure moment. As a mom, you know, you left your kid somewhere, you know, you, you know, something bad happens, you know, uh, we've all, you've all probably had those moments where you had to take a child to the emergency room and, you know, you get the dirty looks from the doctors and they give you all the questions and they just treat you like you're this horrible parent and you just want to go cry, right? You're, you're embarrassed, you're ashamed and it's a real thing and it's a, it, it's a tough thing for when I think women struggle with this more than men do, um, just because women typically are more emotional than men. And so I want to give some things, though, that I hope will be a help because, you know, there is reason to be ashamed sometimes. I mean, it says here, a child left himself bringeth his mother to shame. You know, how your child uh, turns out and how they act, you know, it, it's often a reflection on the mother. You know, whenever you see that child throwing a royal tantrum in Walmart, you know, what do you usually think? You know, where's that kid's mom? And, you know, people rarely say, too, where's the kid's dad? Isn't it usually the mom that everybody brings up? You know, where's that child's mother? That's what they usually ask, not where's the child's father. It's just the way it is. And so when you, know, when, when you have those moments, you, know, you feel bad. And I could tell a lot of stories about moments my wife's had, you know, especially thanks to our boys when they were younger. You know, my wife loves to tell a story about when uh, Tommy was being horrible and steak and shake, and she takes him out to the van to give him a whooping, and apparently people are inside watching the whole thing. You could see everything that was going on. She was getting all these dirty looks when she came back in and she was pretty traumatized over that. We've all had, we, you've all had those moments. Okay. And don't worry, you know, Tommy's turned out fine. Uh, you're going to have some bad moments, but don't give up. It's not over. It's amazing what kids can overcome. But you know, Proverbs 10, one says a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. If your kid turns out bad, it's, it's going to weigh on you. Mom, being a mother is a very serious thing. It's a very serious thing. It says in Proverbs 19:26, He that wasteth his father and chaseth away his mother is a son that causeth shame and bringeth reproach. So it, it brings reproach on you when things don't turn out good with your kids. But in verse 24, or, uh, chapter 23, it says, The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth the wise child shall have joy of him. So just like a child can bring shame, they can also bring great pride. They can bring great joy. When they do that which is good, it says in, Proverbs, in verse 25, Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. And that's what, we're all, that's what we all want. And as a child, you ought to shoot for that. You ought to be one of those children that your parents you know, rejoice that they had you, that you bring them great satisfaction and great pride because you turn out good. You know, parent, and it's funny, young people always think, you know, my parents are just trying to control me. They want me to be this little robot. But the truth is, parents just want their kids to be happy. They want their kids to survive. That's what they want. And if the kids are happy, the parents are happy. And often when parents get all bent out of shape, maybe because of what you're doing and the direction you're going, it's because they love you. And they don't want to see you miserable. So understand, 
if you're if if you end up living a life that brings your parents joy, it's not going to be because they got you under their thumb. It's just going to be because you turned out happy. So most parents, I don't think there's too many parents out there whose goal is to make their children miserable. I, I I'm sure it's out there. Okay, there's a lot of people on drugs today who have kids, so that's very possible. But most people. They want their kids to be happy. That's all there is to it, and that's why they guide you the way they do. But there's no doubt, probably one of the most difficult jobs in the world is being a mother. Being a mother, it's a physical challenge, no doubt about that. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but it's also an emotional challenge. And mommy shaming, that is a phrase I often hear. It's a real thing, and it's something it's it's very effective. It can cause you to lose your confidence and how you're raising your children. It often causes women to, you know, do things in their parenting that often go against their nature, often go against what they think is best because they don't want to be shamed by the critics that are out there. And you don't you do not want to parent your children in a way where you're just trying to please everyone around you. And I've seen that before where it's like, you know, you go to a church and, you know, we're known for teaching that you ought to spank your kids. And so it's like parents come to church and it's like they got to prove to everybody they spank their kids and they go overboard. And I just want to say, I would encourage you to try to save the discipline for a home. Okay. Sometimes, you know, you might need to deal with something. And if you deal with something here, you know, we're going to try not to judge you and everything, but please don't put on a big display. You know, please don't go borderlining abusing your kids and put us in a situation where we got to, you know, do we call the cops? Because <laughs> some parents are so crazy they do abuse their kids. They do take things too far. And I've seen this before where I'm watching these parents dealing with their kids. And if you have, you know, there's, you, there's some things you just can't pretend. Okay? You can't pretend. It's obvious if you're not a strict parent, if you let your child get away with murder at home. It's obvious. It's going to be obvious when you come to church. So if all of a sudden, you know, you're just going to let your kid live like an animal at home and then come to church and you're going to put on this front like you're this hardcore strict parent that doesn't put up with any nonsense, we're not going to fall for it. And so when all of a sudden you're here at church and you want to put on this big display of how hard you spank your kids and just how strict you are, nobody's going to fall for it. You're going to weird everybody out and you're going to put us in a bad situation because you're borderline abusing your kid. And, you know, we should probably turn you in, okay, if you're abusing your kid. And, it, and it's weird, okay? It's weird. I've seen that. And it's like, I know you don't do this at home. So why are you doing this now? And it's because they're trying to please everybody around. Boy, don't, you, don't ever do things to your children just to please other people who are not their parents. You do what's best for your children because it's best for your children. It, don't ever forget that. But... So many people don't know what they're doing. So many moms don't know what they're doing. They have no confidence since so they kind of do everything in their parenting, just trying to please everyone else. And, you know, on our side, we got people that go overboard with the spanking, trying to impress everybody. But on the other side, you got people going overboard, trying to use the psychology and the timeouts and the, all these little catchphrases and things people are doing. We know you don't do that at home either. Okay, you're trying to you're just trying to impress your liberal friends is what you're doing. That's a terrible thing to do to your kids, too. You can take it either way. But at the end of the day, you need to, as a parent, to be able to do what you believe is best for your children. And you need to be able to do it with confidence. Because if you're not doing it with confidence, if you don't mean business, your kids are going to figure it out, too. And then your methods are going to be completely ineffective. If all of a sudden you just show up to church or you show up around your liberal friends 
And all of a sudden, now Johnny, let's use our words, you know, now Johnny, you know, what do we think about hitting each other? You know, is that something you would want done to you? Your child's not stupid. They're going to be like, who is this woman pretending to be my mom right now? Okay. Or if all of a sudden, you know, you're just beating the fire out of the kid, they're going to be like, you know, who is this psycho that has just, you know, possessed my mother? You know, she's never done this before. Okay, your kids aren't stupid. Hey, don't try, don't even bother trying to be fake and to parent in a way that's going to please everybody around you. It doesn't work. It's not right. It's against nature. It's not going to do anything. So, you know, as a parent, you know, as a mom, there's a lot to worry about. There's a lot on the line. Okay. You, you know, there's a literally a million ways your kids could die. I mean, I mean, how many moms, you know, you say you probably saved your kids' lives several times. Sometimes as a parent, you know, you just feel like, you know, my whole job is just trying to keep my kid alive. Because it's trying to kill themselves every day with all the, you know, things that it gets into. You know, you just can't baby proof your house enough. And, you know, your kid gets hurt and you do, you just, you feel inadequate. But there are, it's just a fact though, you better take watching them serious because there's a million ways your kids could die. And I'm not trying to be funny about it. I mean, a lot of kids have died. Just accidents. It could have happened to anybody. It literally could have happened to anybody. You just took your eyes off them for a second. And nobody's, you know, nobody's, I don't think anybody ought to be mean to people who did. They had some a tragedy happen. It could have happened to any of us. We've all been there before where it was like, they're that close. And it, it's a tough job. You know, there's a million sicknesses they can get. COVID-19, you know, I mean, there's, you know, chicken pox, the measles, you know. The, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they could get. And often when your kids are sick a lot too, you know, you got that one mom in the church that's like Mrs. Healthy Organic, you know, barley green lady that's all, you know, my kids never get sick. And, you know, there's a reason your kids get sick all the time. Have you been cleaning your house? You know, what are you feeding them? You know, if you fed them organic, you know, they would, you know, there's always that mom, you know, that's judging everybody like that. And it makes you feel bad. You know, there's, you know, another thing too, that's a big deal about being a mom. They are a hundred percent dependent on you for survival for those first years of their life. You know, you are capable of making or breaking them emotionally. You know, you can ruin your kids emotionally. You can give them issues that they will carry with them for the rest of their life. You're capable of doing that. Some of you have issues that you know you got from your parents because they did a bad job. And you've had to deal with that. You know, you could do that to your children. That's kind of scary, isn't it? You know, like, I don't know if I want to have any kids, you know. Hey, you know, Miss Sarah is getting nervous. Like, what were we thinking? <laughs> hey, it's worth it. All right, it's worth it. But, you know, how they turn out, it's very much dependent on you. It's very much dependent on you. That, you know, whether or not they go to heaven or hell is in many ways dependent on you. Okay? They, are, you know, are you going to turn them off to the things of God growing up? Are you going to turn them towards God? You know, I mean, even if you do get away from God, they still could get saved later, but they might not. Parents have a lot to do with these things. That little bundle of joy you bring into the world, it's capable of bringing you joy. It's capable of bringing you great sorrow. It's capable of making you proud. And it's capable of bringing you shame. It's capable of many things, good or bad. But no matter what it does, as a parent, as a mom especially, you're going to love it either way. You, you know, you love your child. Either way, there's nothing that can change that. That little child that you have, that little baby you bring into the world, it has an entire story that is going to be written, that, and you are a huge part of that story. Is it going to be a horror story? You know, is it going to be a good story, a bad story? You're going to be a part of that story. 
no matter what happens, this job of being a mom, it's going to be difficult, and it's important that you can proceed with confidence in what you're doing and not with constant fear and guilt. And so I'm going to give you just a few things this morning to help you overcome, you know, mommy guilt, mommy shaming. I want you as moms to be able to just proceed with confidence when it comes to raising your kids because this is a big deal. It's it's very important. And so the first thing I want to mention, we briefly said this before, but make sure you're not trying to please everyone with how you parent. Hey, look at what it says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18. Let's turn over to Colossians 3, 18. Too many people, they're not, they're not going with their instincts. They're not going with what they believe in their heart. They're trying to please everybody. And it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Now, what are we seeing here? We're kind of seeing a structure here, aren't we? We're seeing a structure of the home. We've got the husband that's the head of the wife. We've got the wife and the husband that are over the children. They are supposed to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. There are, I, there are different governments that God has made. There is the home, there is the church, and there is the outside government. Okay? The government that's out there, they have no business trying to govern what goes on in the home. Just like they have no business trying to govern what goes on in this church. Us as a church, while we have a responsibility to teach you the truth, we have no authority to come in your home and to govern what you do and to tell you what to do. Y'all understand that? We can put out our recommendations. We can tell you what the Bible says, but at the end of the day, we can't enforce anything. Just like the government, if they wanted... They could tell us about the dangers of all the viruses that are out there ready to get us. But at the end of the day, it's up to us what we're going to do to protect ourselves. They can put their scientists out there and they can say, this is what we think you should do. But at the end of the day, it's up to us whether or not we're going to do that. They have no business coming into somebody's home and taking a child out and quarantining them. They have no right, no right at all to do that. That is wrong. That is wicked. And understand, while it's okay to have outside voices that maybe we learn from, we get advice from, there is no authority that has any right to come in and tell you what to do in your home. God put a husband and a wife and children together, and you are the authority there, and you need to remember that. You need to recognize that. So don't let somebody else come along and tell you what to do when it comes to raising your kids and to tell you how to do it and and try to get you to do something that you as a parent are not convinced is the best thing. Every family is its own sovereign unit and outsiders are only needed for counsel when asked for. That's it. You know, because here's the thing. Every child is unique. Y'all understand that? Every child is unique. Now, I know our world's trying to get us all to be little robots and lemmings and, you know, hide all our identity by making us hide our faces even. But you know, every child is unique. Every child is different. You know, we've got this one-size-fits-all attitude with everything. But you know, here's the other thing too. Every set of parents is unique. Every home has a different dynamic. Every husband, there's no two husbands in here that have the exact same personality. There's no two uh, wives in here that have the exact same personality. 
You all have strengths and weaknesses that are different in each home. So how you operate in each home, it's going to vary in different ways. There's certain things that there's certain ways that we handle things in our home that work for the dynamic that we have in our home based on our personalities and based on the personalities of, of our children because we are our own unique family. And it's going to be completely different in your home. And it's like people, they've got this attitude. I've just got to copy everything Pastor Tommy does. But here's the problem. You're not Pastor Tommy. Your wife is not Cassandra. Your children are not Tommy, Jason, Abby, Chloe, Ali, Alana, and Kelly. Okay? You know, you might only have one or two children where we've got eight. There's a lot of things you've got to factor in there. And everybody's just looking for the sermon where the guy just gives me the one size fits all. I do all these things on the list and everything's just smooth sailing. Wrong. That's not the way it works. We are, we have different personalities. You know, even how I pastor, it's different than how a lot of other people pastor. Because I have my own strengths and weaknesses. I have, you know, I'm not, I, I, you know, I don't have this big, intimidating personality. You know, some preachers have that, you know, where, you know, you just, you feel like I got to do everything they tell me to do. Because this guy could, you know, hammer me into the ground or something like that. I don't have that personality. So I can't use some of the methods that they use. You know, I got to try a different tactic. You know, and you as parents, there's so many, there's so many things that are different and you are your own unique thing. You both as parents have your own quirks. And you know what? You're going to see them in your children. And you know what it says in Genesis 5-3? It says, And Adam lived 130 years and get a son in his own likeness after his image, and he called his name Seth. There was something different about, you know, Seth than there was about Cain and Abel. This one looked just like Adam. I mean, he went, he looked at that child and he saw himself. You ever see that, parents, in your children, where you see them do things? Or maybe they make faces, and it's like, man, you just see yourself, and it scares you. Have you ever seen your children do things, and you're just like, I never told them I did that exact same type of thing when I'm a kid, and it just kind of freaks you out a little bit. I have seen Jason do so many things that it's like, that is exactly what I did when I was younger. Exactly what I did. And I, I never told him about it. It's like, where did, where did he learn that? Where, how, you know, how did that happen? I'll tell you how it happened. He's my son. And when I see that, because I know where that comes from, I, I kind of know how to deal with it too. And you know what that tells me? That tells me when it comes to my children, I am uniquely qualified in knowing how to raise them and how to deal with them. You know why? Because they literally, they literally came from me. They were literally made for me and my wife, for you two, you two parents, those children you have, they were uniquely made for you. They share your DNA. They're going to share many things. So when it comes to, all right, you know, Susie's having an emotional breakdown. How do we deal with this? Well, a lot of times, Maybe as a mom, you know, I used to do that same kind of thing. This is what my mom did. You, know, you are uniquely qualified. And that's what you've got to understand when it comes to raising your kids. You're always going to have some mouthy woman out there. Well, you know, I think you ought to do this. This is what I would do with my child. Why would they be more qualified in knowing how to deal with your child? They wouldn't. You know what to do. Follow your instincts. God gave you those instincts for a reason, 
And it, it's, that's your child. You have watched it growing up from birth. You are seeing all the things that it's doing that are like you and some things maybe that's like your husband, but that's why you work together in these things. And you two are uniquely qualified in a way that no other person in the world is to know how to deal with your child. Take advantage of that and proceed with confidence. That's what you ought to be able to do. So understanding that, it gives you that realization. You are the most qualified when it comes to the psychology of your child. Some psychologists, all right, they study you know, groups. They know some things in general. They don't know the ins and outs of that little child that you have raised from birth. You know, that you've seen their experiences. You've seen how they react to things, okay? You have had them as a test subject for since the time they were born to see, see how they deal with things, to see how they respond to things, okay? You know, why is it that moms can just freak out when you make the slightest sound when that baby's sleeping at certain times of the day? Because they know exactly what the response of that baby's going to be if you wake them up. And it's going to be bad. There's going to be a war. And they freak out. At least that happens in my house. All right. You know, they, you know, they, they know exactly what that child's going to do. Okay. Now, other people aren't going to know that. No one else is going to know that. And so this, this right here tells us we are the best people. We are the best experts when it comes to raising our children. And you want to know who the second best experts are in raising your children? Their grandparents. You know why? Because they raised you. And so maybe when they're real little, especially, you know, and they're doing things and you don't know how to deal with it, there's a good chance that's exactly the same thing you did when you were little, too. And sometimes mom and dad can be like, you know, when you were a baby, you did that same thing, and this is what we did. And it's like all of a sudden they know like this magic trick to just fix that baby. How do they know this? Where did they gain this wisdom? They didn't get it from college. They didn't get it read from a book. They got it because they raised their parent. And that baby takes after them. So when you understand these things, you don't you know better than to just listen to outsiders and what they're saying and to let them shame you. You are the experts. You are the most qualified people in the world when it comes to raising your child. So where someone because there are you know the experts on television. They're completely worthless because of the fact, you know, they, they're comparing things to their experience and what they grew up with, okay? It would be foolish for you as a mother to listen to Oprah on how to raise your children or Ellen DeGeneres, okay? First off, Oprah didn't have any kids. What does she know? Second, Ellen DeGeneres, she's a degenerate, all right, and is a lesbian. Uh, you don't have a home like that. Thirdly, these women, too, are filthy rich, They've probably got nannies. They've got people doing everything for them. I mean, do you, do you think they're doing laundry? Do you think they're doing the dishes in their house? Do you think they're taking care of all these things that you have to do? So how in the world are they going to be able to relate with you and tell you what you need to do in your situation? There are so many things that can be factored into different things. For, because, for example, where someone lives. Okay, where you live is going to affect how you raise your children. Okay, for example, I grew up living on a farm. I grew up living out in the country. That's what I grew up with. That's what I was used to. That was my childhood. When, uh, you know, our kids, uh, for a little while we lived in town. When we moved out here, we had a really small yard right in the middle of town. No place for them to play. I, I couldn't handle it. I was like, we have got to move out in the country. 
because I don't know how to raise kids, you know, in a, in a world where they can't go play outside and run around. And I was afraid of them just being these lazy gamers and couch potatoes. And I didn't know how to do it. So we moved out in the country because that's where I know how to raise kids. But, you know, there's other people out there. They've done fine raising their kids, living in a city, living in an apartment. They figured out how to keep them busy and keep them from becoming gamers. And, you know, they know how to do it. They figure that out because that's what they've grown up in. Me, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, don't ask me for advice on how to keep your kid from being a gamer if you live in an apartment in the middle of the city. I don't know how to do that. I don't understand life in the city. I would hate to live in the city, you know, and, uh, you know, so I, you know, for me, it was, it was hard when we were living in town like that. Cause I was like, you know, I'm going to fail on this parenting thing. And so I had to get where I was comfortable and, and that th- kind of thing matters. What you do, how you keep your kids busy, it's going to be different if you live in town or if you live in the country, if you live in the city or you live in a rural community, these things are all going to be different. You know, the, your culture, the culture you come from, we all have different cultural things your financial situation, all these things are factors that will affect your child. And you should get advice from people who are in your situation, whose lifestyle is similar to yours, not somebody who's in a completely different situation, not someone who lives on the other part of the world. You know, there's a lot of things that are different in California than are in Illinois. And things that are, you know, there's things that are different in Texas than in Maine. There's a lot of cultural things, ways they live. And you got to factor those things out. And if you think that some, you know, blogger who lives in the city in New York is just going to have this advice that we all should follow, that's just stupid. Okay? There's too many different things you have to factor in. And so it's foolish to follow the lead of someone that you follow on social media, someone from a city on the other side of the country, when you live in a rural country, and whatever it is. You need to take, you need to understand these people are in a different situation. Therefore, I'm not going to follow them. But most people today, they're getting their advice from the talk shows, from the experts on the news, from things people are saying and posting on social media. That is foolish. And that's not the way it used to be. You know, it used to be in culture that, you know, we all had a lot more in common. You know, we were from the same area. We did a lot of the same things, but we're just, you know, we're so kind of cut off from each other in society now. We don't know people. We don't really have experience. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, we'll talk a little more about that later. But there are a lot of things you got to factor in. So I say all this to say that when it comes to your children, you are uniquely qualified in a way that no one else is when it comes to dealing with your children. So don't let other people's different opinions and different methods you know, don't let them shame you into doing something that goes against your instincts, that goes against what you're convinced in your heart is right for your children. You can end up doing some real damage to your children by that. So don't don't let them shame you. They don't know what they're talking about. You know your kids better than anybody else. So look what it says in Job chapter 16. So another thing too, ignore the judges. Okay? Ignore the judges and they're going to be around. I love what Job said in Job 16, verse 2. I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Shall vain words have an end? Or what emboldeneth thee that thou answerest? I could also speak as ye do. If, you're, if, uh, if your soul were in my soul's stead, I could heap up words against you and shake mine head at you. 
but I would strengthen you with my mouth, and the moving my lips should assuage your grief. Job's in a tough situation here, and he's got his friends that come along to comfort him, but instead, they're all trying to tell him where he went wrong. They don't know where he went wrong. And if you read most of Job, the book of Job, it's these guys running their mouths about things they have no idea of. And, he, and it's making him miserable. And he calls them out for it. And if you're not careful, you're going to let people get in your life that whenever you just want to talk about your problems, because, you know, moms just sometimes they need to just, you know, you know, listen, if a mom comes to you and tells her about their failure, all right, she confides in you. Hey, I lost my kid in the store the other day. You know, when I found him, you know, they were, uh, you know, hiding, you know, behind behind a mannequin, shaking in fear, and you know, they haven't spoken in two weeks, you know, because they're so trying. You know, okay, that's not your time to just hammer. You know, that's your time to tell them about your failure. You know, that's your time to tell them. Yeah, you know, I did something similar. You know, one time they had to go to therapy for a month. You know, I mean, you know they. That's what they're looking for, okay? They're, they're looking for comfort, but often people like to throw the judgment down on them, start questioning everything. And you got to understand that these people who are judging your situation and judging what's going on with your kids, they don't know your situation. They can't. They don't know. And so you don't owe them an explanation. Hey, don't worry. When your kid has that moment in the store and everybody's giving you the dirty looks and things, they don't know your situation. They don't know what's going on. You know, sometimes there's things that kids, you know, a lot of times parents just make too many excuses for kids, but sometimes they literally are just teething. You know, sometimes they literally are just not feeling good. Or, or you know, they've gone a long time without a nap. And so you have those embarrassing moments, but, you know, you can't let all the dirty looks you're getting, you know, throw you off your game. You know, you've got to, you've got to get over that kind of thing. They don't know. They don't know what you've been dealing with. They don't know what's going on. And so if you were to judge the judges, you would often find out they were unqualified to judge. Most of the people that are going to run your mouth, their mouths about how you're raising your kids are unqualified to judge. It's amazing how many people out there who don't have any kids, they have plenty of opinions about how to raise kids. Are you really going to listen to them? They are unqualified to judge. You know, ignore them. They have, they have no business. They should have no say in anything's going on. So, so another thing, too, if you don't want to be judged, don't put your family on display to be judged. Because you know where a lot of this mommy shaming goes on today? It's on social media. All right, you've always got that mom out there that's always doing the post, bragging about how wonderful of a mom she is, you know, posting all these just perfect pictures, you know, of her children just looking all wonderful and all put together. And, you know, that woman usually does that type of thing. Because she needs some kind of affirmation from people. She needs that praise heaped upon her. But understand, if you want to put your family on display like that, be ready for some severe judgment. And one thing I've warned preachers about doing, do not get up in church. And when you're trying to you know, teach something about raising kids, just constantly just putting yourself, your family as an example. You want to know what good kids are? Look at my family. I've always... You know, run my home with consistency and with the word of God. I've always, you know, been just, you know, the greatest example. If you want to know how to raise your kids, just watch me. Mm-mm. I was a preacher's kid, and the problem is some of that kind of went on with me, and everybody watched. Everybody watched, and everybody looked for fault. 
And the people, there were people in the church, they had no greater joy, I think, than to go in and tattle on me for stuff. It's like, you know, why, why don't you want to tattle on all the other kids? They're worse than I am. You know, why do you want to spend all your time tattling on me? I'll tell you why. Because the other kids' parents were not telling everybody, look at me and look at my kids, for an example. All you're doing is setting, setting them up for failure, and you're setting yourself up for failure. If you don't want to be mommy-shamed, don't go mommy-shaming other people. Don't go posting the pictures. Look at how wonderful and put together my family is. I'm glad I'm not like one of these families, you know, who dress their kids up like ragamuffins and who, you know, don't take good care of them. I'm glad I'm such a wonderful mom. And, you know, and you, you know they do these things just to kind of get digs at people. And, ladies, that stuff bothers you, doesn't it? Doesn't it bother you when people, when women do that? Well, don't do it to other people. Or they will do it to you. And, you know, your success, it's going to just, especially when you're flaunting it, it's going to cause others to want to bring you down. And people's praise, too, if you succeed in fooling them and getting the praise, it's going to give you a false sense of confidence. It's probably just going to cause pride and just get you in more trouble. So don't, don't do that. Don't fall for the fakes. Look, uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, we see the Pharisees. It says, more of when you fast, be not as the hypocrites. Of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. You got these people there, they want to, they want everybody to see what they're doing, so they put it on display, but they even, they even fake it. They disfigure their faces. They make themselves look worse than they are. It says, but when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So you've got people out there, they want to put on the appearance of the successful family, of the perfect family, and they fake it. Okay? They fake it, and you got to understand, a lot of these people out there on social media are phonies. They are hypocrites. It is not what they are displaying on there, and you're going to go and you're going to get advice from a phony. You're going to, you're going to go against your instinct because you are impressed with somebody you don't even really know who the only thing that you see in their life are the little snippets maybe on a short video or a you know a picture a still moment of time that they have chosen to put on display you're going to follow that as your lead that's not a good idea social media does not reflect reality the praise of men does not reflect reality okay and the finished products the finished products aren't always what they seem to be. And so you know what you need to do? You need to pay attention to examples from your own life. Okay? Don't just all of a sudden, too many people are looking to the internet for the answers. Too many people are even looking to preachers on the internet for answers. Okay, I would not recommend that somebody try to figure out how to raise kids just listen to my preaching because they like how it sounds and just because they like the pictures I post of my kids and they look pretty good. They don't know my kids. I could be faking it too. A lot of preachers do fake it. A lot of pastors' families are as phony as you can imagine. You know, but you know, you ought to pay attention to people that are actually in your life. Okay. It's one thing if you actually go to church with them, you know, because again, you can only fake things for so long at church. You know, on online, you can fake things for quite a while, but you know, you need to pay attention to those examples. You know, we all had those friends growing up whose houses we we went to their houses. We watched them grow up. What happened to them? You know, you can learn from those things. You know, which one which ones of your friends turned out good? Which ones turned bad? What did you learn from seeing them grow up? What did you learn seeing them in their lives? <clears throat> those experiences. You know, they're 
there's something that God gave you so you can learn from. You know, we all grew up with, you know, cousins and things. You know, how did they turn out? You know, how did, you know, what, what did their parents do? We've all seen these things, haven't we? If, you, if you're an adult, chances are you watched somebody grow up. You grew up with some people. What have you learned from those things? They, those things are all important things that help us know how to handle things in our own life. You need, you need to learn from those. But understand, much of how we parent is based on those things. Well, this is what my parents did. This is what I saw in this family. This is what I watched with this person growing up. You've seen the finished product. You've seen whether it's good or bad because these were from real life experiences you had over years in your own life, you are way better off following that than following the lead of a blog that looks very well put together, of a of, of a video that you watch, even of a documentary or something that somebody put. You don't know these people. You didn't see those kids growing up. You know, and I'm thankful that I went to one church for over 20 years, and I got to see a lot of kids. Grow up. I, I've got to see, there, I know, there's many people that I know. I knew them when they were born, and I knew them when they got married. I saw them grow up. I saw what parents did that was right. I'm thankful I was able to be a youth pastor for several years, and I watched people go from, you know, being a teenager to an adult. And I got to see all the difference is that, you know, from the teenagers that turned out good. I watched that because I didn't have teenagers then. And I'm thinking, all right, what are these parents doing that's right? Okay, these other teenagers, I don't want my kids being like them. You know, what are their parents doing different? I got to see those things from my own real-life experiences that I have that nobody can take away from me and that no one else can give me. And I have determined how I'm going to raise my family based on those things. And too many people today, they're not basing what they are doing off their own experience they're just following the orders of somebody else who has no idea what you're up against. And what you need to do is you need to go off of these things because that's what will help you proceed with confidence. When you're able to go and say, like, I am the best person in the world. I am the one that God made to raise this child. That's going to help you have some confidence. You're going to understand you are uniquely qualified to make decisions regarding those children that God gave you, your children, not somebody else's children. And you've got to, you've got to make sure that you, you know, you, that you watch what's going on in other people's lives. It'll give you the experience to see through the fakes and to see through the phoniness. I've, I've seen, I have, I've seen these things and, you know, people don't impress me with their social media. I can see through that stuff. Hey, you know, you're, you're, nobody, people aren't going to impress me when they come parading their children and, you know, and they got them all dressed perfect and they've got them all programmed for that hour on how to act and everything. Well, I can see through that stuff. Okay. It's all going to come out. We're all going to figure it out. And if you are just going to go and because you just have this desire to just impress me as the pastor, you're going to go against your own instincts when it comes to your children. It's, it's not going to work. For one, I'm not the one. You should be trying to help. It's your child you ought to be trying to help. And you're not going to be able to fake it for too long. So you might as well just be real. You might as well just do what you actually believe is right. Because unless you hate your children, that's probably the best thing that you can do for them. You all understand that? And I'm afraid too many people are just 
trying to please everybody. And you know what? When you do that, you please nobody and you mess your kid up. And so I say all this to just say that you are, you are the best ones for those children and you need to just trust in the Lord and have confidence and do the right thing. And, but 90 for, and another thing you need to understand, 95% of the mommy shamers who are out there do not have finished products. Y'all understand that? Do you know most older ladies who have actually raised children, they're usually the ones that are going to be nice to you. They're, it's usually the older ladies that when your child is having a bad day that come to you and give you comfort. You know why? Because they, they know what you're going through. They, they know what it's like. They're usually gracious. But it's usually that one that's got the little two-year-old, you know, that, you know, and, and you do, you have your angel babies that are out there that just don't do bad stuff, you know. And then you got your Kellys that, you know, are just are little, you know, you got you got your Gabriels and you got your Kellys, you know, <laughs> that, uh, you know, there there's a difference there, all right. And that's I can say you know, we had some Gabriel, you know, we had a couple Gabriels, uh, but you know, and we had some other Kellys too, you know, and it, it's just it's just the way it is. But at the same time too. And, you know, Janae's never done this, but if Janae was, like, parading around Gabriel and, like, you know, looking down her nose at my wife because of Kelly, it wouldn't affect us. You know, it, 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 you know, it would just be, you know, we would just laugh. You know, she'll learn. You know, <laughs> the second one might not be that way. You know, that, that's, you know, it, it wouldn't bother us because we've got enough experience to see through that. But at the same time, there's a lot of women that would... They would do that, you know. If Janae was like that to them, it would mess them up, you know, and it shouldn't, okay. It shouldn't, you know, there's no finished product there yet. So why would you go off that? Follow the lead of the older older lady who actually has some experience, and they aren't. They're never the mommy shamers, okay. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, I guess there's exceptions, but they're usually ones, too, that turned out bad kids. It's amazing how many people are out there, you know, judging everyone, whose kids are horrible, whose kids are in jail, doing time, on drugs. You know, and, that, and the reason they do that mommy shaming, it's often to help them feel better about themselves. That's why they're doing that. They need to do that to feel better about themselves. And they do this because they don't have any confidence themselves. And mommy shamers are almost always all mommy shamed people. So don't go doing it to other people it will only reveal your insecurities. What you need to do is just enjoy those children that God gave you. Enjoy those children God gave you. You're not going to be perfect, but kids survive a lot. Okay? They get those bumps and bruises. They heal. They get those cuts, the stitches, the hospital trips. They heal. They survive. And, you know, you, you might do, you're going to do some occasional emotional damage to them. But chances are they'll heal from it. Okay? Unless they go to college. And then they take a psychology class teaching them just how big of victims they are and, you know, and how, you know, terrible life's been to them and how they ought to sue their parents and, you know, get, you know, paid reparations and things like that. You know, you have to be taught to be a victim like that. And, and that's another subject for another day. But, you know, teach your kids to be victorious and just overcome things. Yeah, I messed up. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah, I dropped you on your head and you're little. Shake it off. You know, I mean, just, you know that, that, that's what you need to teach them. You know, while trying to do as little damage as possible in the meantime. But you'll mess up. But don't give up. They're, they're worth it. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Dear God, I pray that this message was a help and encouragement to everyone here, especially the moms. Lord, I pray you'll help them to realize uh, that those children that they have, they are a special gift made uniquely for them. Help them to realize that they are the most qualified people in this world. 
uh, when it comes to raising them, making decisions for them, and guiding them and directing them. And I pray you'll help them to follow their God-given instincts and follow uh, the principles laid out in your word, uh, and that they won't uh, allow outside forces to influence them against things that are uh, they know they shouldn't be doing, but they'll uh, raise them in the best way that they know how. In your name we pray. Amen.